You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome to another episode of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast, and we are six days in to the year 2020, which is absolutely insane. Uh, My name is Scott Worthington. I have the privilege of leading alongside Pastor Vance Pittman here at Hope Church in Las Vegas. We're honored that you carve out some time as a leader to listen to this podcast. Uh, If you're new, the goal of what we've been doing for two whole years now um, is just equipping people who are leading, who love Jesus, um, and and just leading wherever God has them leading to do it well and to do it out of the overflow of what Jesus is doing in their lives. And so thanks for being a part of the journey. as a note, as we always do, as we begin, we encourage you to rate and review the podcast. Uh, it really helps get the word out. And uh, it's been amazing just to hear how this podcast has affected you and your leadership uh, wherever God has you leading. So thank you. Uh, now enough for the housekeeping. The man, the myth, the legend is sitting here in his office at Hope Church, Vance Pittman. Vance, how you doing, man? <laughs> Scott, I'm doing great. Uh, like you said, it's hard to believe that it's 2020. Uh, that still is hard to wrap my mind around. I remember when I was uh, a kid and they would, you know, play TV shows and stuff and 2020 just seemed like when we would be riding around in spaceships and, you know, that's like, it just doesn't All seem the like way it back in 1940. <laughs> <That's> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Uh, but it does. It feels like we ought to be living like the Jetsons right uh-huh. now, you know, that we ought to be zooming in and out with our, our hovercrafts. Uh, but no, it's 2020. It's here. It's life. And I'm excited about this year. So this is a very, very exciting month for us here at Hope, and specifically for you, Vance. In case you didn't know, and you're listening, uh, when this podcast releases, Vance's first book ever, Unburdened, will be set to release in a couple weeks. Um, Vance Pittman, the the father, the husband, the pastor, and now the author. Man, how you feel about that? Uh, I guess the great <laughs> the greatest word I could use to describe that is uncertain. I don't know exactly how I feel about it because, no, I, in all seriousness, you know, when when I got into this, uh, for a long time, people have been challenging me to write, but I just feel like too often today, a lot of my contemporaries, we we tend to write too early. Um, I think a lot of the content that's being published today is not yet proven. It's still theory. It's new ideas, but they're not. They're not seasoned well. And so I wanted to just wait to a stage in my life where I really felt uh, out of conviction that I needed to write. And that's that's really where I got to. And uh, so God connected me to some great people that opened the door for me to, to be able to sign with Baker Publishing. And uh, I was excited. I, I wrote the manuscript and handed it off. Got the manuscript done. That was a challenge because you know I'm an, I'm a, a a preacher. I'm a pastor, and so I communicate orally. It's the way I it's the way I've communicated for almost thirty years of my life. And writing is an entirely different skill set, and I had to learn that the hard way through the editing process. Um, the first edit I got back uh, literally scared me to death. Uh, But then you get through all of that, you get the manuscript approved, and you think, hey, man, job's done. And then I learned that there's this whole other side of book publishing that is marketing and and, uh, social media aspects and all the promotional uh, responsibilities, the interviews, the podcasts, and that kind of stuff that, to be just very honest, has been a little bit overwhelming. 
Uh, but I'm enduring because I'm very excited about the message of the book and what I believe God is going to do through it in people's lives. So excited about it and looking forward to it. Yeah, so um, if you saw the the title of this podcast, The Unburdened Leader, we are going to be talking about what Vance just said, and I can just attest to that. I've been following Vance now for 12 plus years, and um, what he just said about, you know, people proving, if you will, what they're, what they're writing. Um, I've just seen this. I've seen this in my own life. I've seen this in the life of our church. I mean, what you're going to hear today and what you're going to get when you read the book is um, what God has so done in Vance's heart and um, really the heart of our church. And it's just an amazing overflow. And so we couldn't be more excited. Um, right now it's available for pre-order. So if you're listening to this book um, or if you listen to this podcast, go grab the book. You can order it right now. It comes out January 21st, but there's some special um, a pre-order uh, stuff you get. If you go pre-order the book right now, you can pre-order anywhere you can buy books. Um, the the publisher and, and Vance have gotten together and, and just put together some awesome stuff. There's a study guide that you get just for being a pre-order customer. Uh, we're recording a bonus podcast. So if you're a listener of this podcast and you love what we do here, um, there's there's some information that we're kind of kind of see behind the scenes of the book. Um, and so really excited about that. But there's just a lot of cool perks to being a part of that pre-order crowd. Um, and so I encourage you, if you like what we're doing here, if you've been listening for 24 plus episodes, um, our church can't wait to get the book. I can't wait to get the book. I've pretty much heard that content for years and years and years, but uh, I'm, I'm going to be right alongside everyone else reading that book and, and our whole church is. So um, excited, man. Excited to jump in. And that's really what we're going to spend our time today talking about, Vance, is, is really the heart behind Unburdened, specifically for leaders, talking about the unburdened leader. Tee us off. Well, Scott, I mean, we've said this before on the podcast, but as leaders, we have to remember that before we are leaders, we're followers. And specifically for those of us that are that are Christians, we mean by that statement that before we're leaders in any on any platform, be that in the church, be that in the community, before we're leaders, we're followers of Jesus. We're devoted followers of Christ. And and everything that God wants to accomplish through my life as a leader is born out of my pursuit of him as a follower. So that raises a question. What does it look like to faithfully follow Jesus? And the answer to that question is really the heartbeat of the book and what I want to share with our listeners today on this podcast. Yeah, like I said, this is this is the heartbeat of the book. This is heartbeat of our church here in Las Vegas. Um, and really, Vance and I were even just talking before the podcast started. The the heartbeat of me. I mean, I, I I'm I'm a guy who's a leader here at Hope now. Uh, I started here when I was 21 years old. Uh, just started coming to hear this fiery Southern preacher preaching in slacks <laughs> and a tucked in shirt. Uh, being from the West Coast, I didn't really understand what was happening, but I was drawn to it because God was moving. And and I've seen this now transform me as a leader 12 years in now my my wife and four kids and I mean this has literally changed my life and so we're not just saying that to sell books like this is real awesome holy spirit awesome content that we're really excited about so if you're a leader right now listen in because this is solid stuff and Scott because of you I now wear air ones untucked shirts and <laughs> denim jackets so man thanks for your influence in my life as well I'm glad you can influence me spiritually and I can influence your style that's, <laughs> that's good right. all right so let's jump in to the content of the book and this podcast. Yeah, when you think about that question, what does it look like to faithfully follow Jesus, specifically for us as leaders, because again, before we're leaders, we're followers of Christ. In the American context in particular, uh, it's really true all over the world because of the influence of American missiology. 
Um, but we tend to answer that question, what does it look like to faithfully follow Jesus, in one of two ways. And the first would be with what a person does. We define following Jesus by activity or by performance. And this is really the culture that I was raised in, and, and many of our listeners probably have had exposure to, and that's the culture of church that makes Christianity all about do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs, rules and regulations. It's about commitment, being committed to the right things and being committed not to do the wrong things. And if you come from this background of what it looks like to faithfully follow Jesus, then you could easily make the list. Here's the things you're supposed to do to be a faithful follower of Jesus. You read your Bible. You pray every day. You share the gospel. If you're really radical, you go on mission trips. You give 10% of your income, gross, not net. And then there's the whole list of things you're not supposed to do. And what I've discovered being raised in Alabama, now living in Las Vegas, the don't list changes depending on where you live, because there's some stuff on the don't list in Alabama for Christians that is not on the don't list for Christians in Las Vegas. But that's the defining mark, the way a lot of churches and a lot of uh, discipleship communities define disciple-making, define faithfully following Jesus is by performance. You know that you're faithfully following Him when you're doing all the right things, not doing all the wrong things. And for uh, people that, that are in this this framework, this understanding, this paradigm of, of disciple-making, uh, it's all about trying to keep up. It's all about trying to measure up to the lists and the expectations. It's performance-driven, and it's defined by activity. The second predominant way that we define and answer this question, what does it look like to faithfully follow Jesus in the American context, is not so much by what a person does, but by what a person knows. And the, the defining mark here is information. And if you come from a culture like this, what discipleship looked like was not conformity to a system like the other one was. This is about making sure everybody has the right information, the right understanding of doctrine. So if you come out of this discipleship framework, you normally go through a series of classes and then you are confirmed as a faithful follower of Jesus when you can answer all the doctrinal questions the same way everybody else can answer the doctrinal questions. And so we define discipleship in one of two ways, by what a person does or by what a person knows. Now, I'm not saying that faithfully following Jesus has nothing to do with how we live, and I'm not saying that faithfully following Jesus has nothing to do with the doctrine and what we believe. What I'm saying is that following Jesus is so much more than that. Neither one of those are really the defining mark. When you understand the word disciple in the New Testament, the word disciple is a relational word. It described the relationship that existed between the one being followed and the one doing the following. And the lifestyle implications and the belief or doctrinal implications were born out of the context of the relationship. And so at Hope Church, when we got to Las Vegas, we um, had to wrestle with that question, what does it look like to faithfully follow Jesus? And when we did, we, we took a year uh, and we studied the Gospels. And we did that because we believed convictionally that the Christian life is not you and me living for Jesus. The Christian life is Jesus living his life in and through us. So what better place to go to to understand the life of Christ than the Gospels. The Gospels reveal and tell us the story of the life of Jesus. So when we first planted Hope Church, we spent a year together 
examining the Gospels to understand what the life of Jesus looked like, because if being a faithful follower of Jesus meant Jesus living his life in me, what did his life look like? And after a year's study in the Gospels, Scott, we realized that you can take every story in the Gospel and drop it into one of three boxes. So if you're listening to this right now, I want to challenge you to use your imagination just a little bit and imagine that on the table in front of you is a, a set of three boxes. And I'm not encouraging you to do this, but if you did, you could take a pair of scissors and you could cut out every story in the Gospels and every story in the Gospels would drop into one of these three boxes. The first box would be Jesus and his relationship to the Father. Think of all the stories in the Gospels that teach us about Jesus and his love relationship with the Father. Everything Jesus did, he did out of the overflow of his intimate fellowship relationship with the Father. Now, don't misunderstand me. Jesus was 100% God in the flesh, but Jesus chose in his humanity to lay aside the privileges of being God. Paul calls it emptying himself in the book of Philippians. He laid aside the privilege of being God. He didn't stop being God, but he laid aside the privileges of being God. God, and he chose to live as a human being in complete dependence on the Father. And as you read the Gospels, you see Jesus over and over again pursuing intimate fellowship with the Father. Whether it's the times that you read about him slipping out into the wilderness or going up into the mountain or being alone before it was daylight to be praying with the Father or those moments where you see Jesus spending all night with the Father before he chooses his 12 disciples or an entire chapter in John 17 of Jesus pursuing intimacy with the Father before he faces the cross and the resurrection and all of the implications of the gospel that we read about uh, that Jesus accomplished for us. Over and over again, you read these stories of Jesus pursuing intimacy with the Father, and you could really say it this way. Everything Jesus did, he did out of the overflow of intimacy with the Father, so much so that Jesus said of himself, when you hear my words, it's not my words. It's the Father's words in me. Jesus said, when you hear my, when you see my works, it's not my works, it's the Father's works in me. Everything Jesus did, he did out of the overflow of intimacy with the Father. He even said at one point, the Son, talking about himself, can do nothing on his own initiative unless it's that he sees the Father doing. So the first box on the table is Jesus and his relationship with the Father. All these stories where Jesus lived his life out of the overflow of an intimate fellowship relationship with the Father. Yeah, I want to go back to what you you said a few minutes ago, and I think I've heard it a long time, but some people I think were having a, a record scratch moment. You said the goal of the Christian life is not me living for Jesus, but allow allowing Jesus to live his life in and through me. I think that's just something we kind of throw around in Christian circles. Like, oh man, I'm just trying to live for God. I'm just trying to live for Jesus. Yeah. And I remember for me and for you know thousands of others at Hope and now on this podcast and through your book, like that's a huge difference. Like you're not trying to live for Jesus. I know people when, when they say that, we, we get what they're trying to say, but it really is a, a paradigm shift of it's not you working and it starts to get into that works mentality. I think that's really, really huge. Yeah, for the first decade plus of my Christian journey as a follower of Jesus and as a leader leading others in their relationship with Christ and leading in in the church and in the movement of the mission, um, I didn't understand this. I thought Jesus saved me so that I could live for him. 
and I tried hard because I came out of that culture of trying hard to live for Jesus, and I lived frustrated. I lived with a constant uh, discouragement because I'd heard Jesus say uh, in the Gospels, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and yet for me, my experience was burden. It was heavy. It was hard work, and it wasn't until I discovered the freedom that Jesus didn't save me so that I could live for him. Jesus saved me so that he could live through me that it began to radically change my life and I began to be set free. And it was that that realization, that understanding that led us on this pursuit in the Gospels of trying to understand, okay, if that's true, then what did his life look like? And that first box is Jesus and his relationship with the Father. But then as you continue on in this, this journey of studying the Gospels, you see that the, the love relationship that Jesus enjoyed with the Father spilled into a fellowship relationship with his disciples. So there's box number two. Box number two is Jesus and his relationship with the disciples. Jesus lived his life in an intimate love relationship with the Father, but that relationship spilled into a fellowship relationship with his disciples. Think of all the stories in the Gospels that would fit into this box. Jesus with his disciples out on the sea when they calm the waters. Jesus with his disciples when they're feeding the 5,000 and he's asking them to distribute the food and then fill up the baskets. Jesus with his disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus with his disciples when he's teaching parables. Jesus with his disciples when he's taking them in the garden to pray. All these stories about Jesus and his fellowship relationship with the disciples. So you could literally say Jesus lived his life in intimate fellowship with the Father that spilled into a fellowship relationship with his disciples. But then there's a third box, and that box is Jesus and his relationship with the world. And by the world, I mean people that didn't know God at all. Again, think of all the stories in the Gospels that are Jesus relating to people that didn't know God. You can just start naming them. Nicodemus, Zacchaeus, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, 5,000 on a hillside. All these stories of Jesus interacting with people that didn't know God at all. So you could really say it this way. The life of Jesus and the Gospels was all about relationships, an intimate love relationship with the Father that spilled into a fellowship relationship with his disciples that then overflowed into relationships with people who didn't know God at all so that through him they could come to know God. I remember the first time I heard this content um, packaged the way we're, we're kind of packaging it here and then in your book was in 2008. And it really has forever changed the way I read the Gospels now. Uh, I mean, literally what he just said, I, I kind of do now just by habit. Like I'm reading the Gospels and I see, oh, there's Jesus's relationship with the Father. There's Jesus's relationship with his disciples. There's Jesus's relationship with people who don't know God at all. Um, and it really is true. And I encourage you as a leader, um, but first as a follower of Christ, as you're reading the Gospels, you're reading about the life of our Savior. You can seriously put those his, what he did in those three categories and so um again i know i've heard it and right now you might be like wow but there is more to be said what else fans well if that's the premise that we landed on after a year study that that the life of jesus is all about relationships with the father with one another with the disciples and with the world if that's what his life looked like then what is it that his life is going to look like now as he lives his life in and through me. And my premise is the exact same thing. Major Ian Thomas in one of his books said it this way, the Christian life is nothing less than the life which he lived then, lived now by him in you. 
So the Christian life is the life that he lived then, but it's now being lived in my life by him in and through me. And if it was all about relationships then, it's going to be all about relationships now. So here's the way we say that at Hope. Following Jesus is all about relationships. First and foremost, following Jesus is about an intimate love relationship with God. If you're listening to this, you're a leader. You're somebody who sees yourself in leadership, either inside the church, outside the church. You're a follower of Jesus, but you are a leader, somebody that has influence in the lives of others. And here's what I'm telling you. Before you're going to be an effective leader, you must be a faithful follower of Jesus. And that begins in an intimate love relationship with Christ, meaning this. The greatest thing you bring to your platform of leadership is not your leadership acumen. It's not your creativity. It's not your experience. It's not your longevity. The greatest thing you bring to your role as a leader is your intimate love relationship with Jesus because everything he wants to accomplish through your life as a leader, he'll do out of the overflow of your intimate love relationship with him. So the most important thing you can do today as a leader is to just fall in love with Jesus again and spend time cultivating intimacy with him because Jesus modeled this for us. Now, Jesus in the scriptures is infinitely theologically more than a model, but that doesn't change the fact that he also modeled for us what it looked like to live the Christian life, to live a life in dependence on the Father. And it begins in an intimate love relationship with Jesus. The word that we use at Hope to describe this first box is the word abide. You and I have been called to abide in Christ personally and daily. And everything he desires to do through us, he'll do out of the overflow of what he's doing in us as we abide in him. So faithfully following Jesus begins in an abiding relationship where we're living daily out of the overflow of intimacy with Jesus. And he said the same thing about us that he said about himself. In John chapter 15 and verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. What did he say about himself? The son can do nothing unless it's that he sees the father doing. He said, unless you abide in me, you can do nothing. Everything begins in an intimate love relationship with Jesus. And that's the foundation of what it looks like to faithfully follow Jesus. And a lot of times we think, okay, coming to know Jesus, yeah, that's kind of the beginning point of what it means to follow Jesus. But what I'm telling you is the relationship is everything. It's not the ABCs of the Christian life. It's the whole alphabet. Everything is born out of this intimate love relationship with Jesus. One of the things that that I've heard you say, Vance, and I think just to clue in here for leaders and well, you just heard it. it if apart from him you can do nothing a lot of times we think that means big things that you know the really spiritual things nothing everything god desires if you're listening to this right now this is you everything god desires to do in your life in your leadership in your family he will do out of the overflow of what he is doing in your life as you abide in him and scott what we've done unfortunately in our context is we've substituted religion for relationship. And religion has created this burden, this burden of performance, this burden to living up to expectations that we think God has of us, the church has of us. And what Jesus invited us into is not a religion. It's a relationship. And first and foremost, it's about an intimate love relationship with him. But there's a second box. And the second box is is important because our love relationship with Jesus then spills into 
a fellowship relationship with other Jesus followers. So this second box, the word that we use on this second box on the table here at Hope is the word connect, to connect in community in large group and small group. You see, because I have a relationship with God, I now have a fellowship relationship with God's family. And it's my relationship with God's family that deepens my relationship with the Father. And it's my relationship with the Father that gives me my relationship with his family. And where this is different and what we often hear is that I'm not saying you have to go to church to be a good Christian. What I am saying is because I have a relationship with Jesus, I now have a relationship with his family. And the more I love Jesus, that spills into the fellowship that I enjoy with his family. And it's the fellowship I enjoy with his family that deepens my intimate love relationship with him. So following Jesus is about a love relationship with the Father, abiding in Christ, But it's also about a fellowship relationship with other disciples connecting in community. And that's why church is really so important. It's the platform that I get to live out my love relationship with God in fellowship with other believers. That's great. Abiding in Christ spills into connecting in community. But there's a third box. There's a third box. And this is the box that oftentimes gets left off. Most Christians would probably say, yes, I understand following Jesus is about a relationship with him and it's about a relationship with his family. But this third box that in the life of Jesus we called relating to the world, that's the box that we kind of in Christian circles, we reserve that for the radical Christian. It's for the extreme Christian. It's for the, if you will, Navy SEALs of the church. We call this third box usually mission and evangelism. And we think that's only for the radical, hardcore, extreme Christian. But when we understand what I'm sharing with you, Sharing in the mission, and that's the word we use for the third box, share, to share in God's mission locally and globally, is not, a, is not really about mission and evangelism. It's about the life of Christ, who he is being lived out in my life because the life of Jesus was a a relationship with the father that spilled into relationship with his disciples that then overflowed into relationships with people that didn't know God at all. So what's it going to look like as Christ lives in me? An abiding relationship daily, intimately, personally that spills into a fellowship relationship of connection with other believers. But then if I'm growing in Christ's likeness, Christ in me will spill into that third realm where Christ begins to live through me in such a way that I'm sharing in his mission locally and globally, joining in God's activity of expanding his kingdom to the ends of the earth. And that's not just for the radical Christian. That's simply who Jesus is being lived out in my life. So if you're hearing this as a leader and you're not leveraging your leadership for the sake of the mission of God, that doesn't reveal a mission problem or an evangelism problem in your life. That's a Christ-likeness issue. It's simply who Jesus is. So what does it look like to faithfully follow Jesus? Abiding in Christ, connecting in community, sharing in the mission. Love relationship with Jesus that spills into relationship with his followers and then overflows into relationships with people who do not know God at all. So that is amazing content. I hope you are excited about what you just heard um, because, again, this is just a small bit of what is in the book. But Vance, before we finish up, this is a leadership podcast. Um, Again, we just kind of whet the appetite of all of our leaders listening uh, for the book Unburdened. Um, How would you specifically, as we finish up, challenge leaders when it comes to this content and even just um, what you've seen in your own life? 
Yeah, I would. First of all, I'd say uh, just how we started today to say before we're leaders, we're followers. And all of us need to be growing in this thing of what it is to follow Jesus. And Paul warned us in 2 Corinthians about the danger of being led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Jesus. And I see that rampantly happening in the American church. And one of the reasons I'm excited about the book is it brings us back to the simplicity of what it is to follow Jesus. So I would say to you as a leader, in your own life, get the book and use that as a tool to just recalibrate your own journey in following Jesus personally. But then I would challenge you to use the book as a platform to lead others, to to take others through this content, to disciple, to, to leverage your platform uh, to speak into the lives of others. Maybe you're in a church and you're leading and you can take a small group through this. Maybe you're leading as a, a school teacher or in business, but you know some other believers that you can walk through this content with to help disciple them. And also another tool, Scott, that's coming out, Lifeway is producing an eight-week video curriculum Bible study to go along with the book that might be something that would be helpful to you as you try to reproduce this as a leader in the lives of others. That content uh, has a different title. It's called The Life of a Jesus Follower. The book is called Unburdened. But either of those great tools as a leader to use uh, in in not only growing for yourself, but discipling others as well. So we hope you will do what Vance just said. Pick up this book. Like I said, pre-orders are available right now. If you pre-order, there's some bonus content you're going to get. We're going to send you a study guide. You're going to get a bonus podcast that Vance and I have recorded uh, just kind of behind the scenes of the book. Um, And we really are excited about how God is going to use this. We've seen him use it in Las Vegas, the West, and the world, but now from a new platform of a book. Uh, And so we're really excited. Go ahead and grab that book. Welcome to 2020. We'll see you next month on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.